0: We've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all
1: started by a monster. Oh boy, here we go! Are you kidding me? Out of the gates, this is not happening!
2: By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a
1: pig! Humber, you are a pig. Oh.
3: I almost forgot! That's why they call me Thumper!
0: You're listening to
4: the Magic on a Dollar Podcast.
3: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar Podcast. My name is David Dollar. I am your host. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, I got to thank you for subscribing, for downloading, for rating, for reviewing, and all that good stuff. Got a good show coming up for you. We'll be talking about Aladdin, the movie. I have a review for you coming up. Uh, We'll do some news in just a minute. We'll talk about 2020 Walt Disney World prices. And, of course, later on in the show, we'll do some Star Wars stuff. And I know not everybody is a Star Wars fan, so some of you people are probably like, enough with the Star Wars, it's everywhere. We'll talk about that. We'll get that. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. And, of course... As we know, uh, as you may have heard, the Monday show has gone away for now. We might bring it back later on in the future, but uh, it's going to be a Thursday show only. This is episode number 61. Of course, we're available on iTunes, uh, I, Apple Podcasts, as they say. I, iTunes apparently is going away. I don't know what that means for, uh, for for podcasts. I was thinking about that earlier. We're so ingrained as podcasters to say, find us on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Spotify, and on iTunes. I'm going to have to correct myself because I think it will be Find us on Apple Podcasts, which is very foreign to me to say because I don't really, <laughs> I don't even know how to say that. And so uh, so if I say iTunes in the future and you know that iTunes has gone away, then you know that I mean Apple Podcasts, which is what I'm going to try to say. As far as I know, though, Apple uh, is not going to take iTunes away. I, I think the fear is that iTunes is going to just shut down. Like uh, the moment they're going to f- they're going to flip a switch when they're ready and suddenly iTunes just disintegrates on everybody's computer. And from what I gather, that's not the case. I think it'll be like the iPod where it'll be technically obsolete, and there won't be any more updates to it. But it's still there. You can still use it. I have an actual old 160-gig 160, 160 gig iPod. It's one of my most prized possessions, and I update it every day on, on iTunes with all of my podcasts. So I hope that, you, uh, hope that you're downloading and updating with your podcasts as well, including my show. Hey, do me a favor. If you don't mind, uh, would you mind going to iTunes and leave a rate and review? I spent about 45 minutes the other day uh, look, looking up about 10 or 15 of my favorite podcasts, and I just wanted to find my favorite podcasts and basically give them a review. It's it's one of the most helpful things you can do, and I don't know what that looks like in terms of Apple Podcasts versus iTunes, but it can't hurt. One of my friends uh, does a podcast called Imagineers, and it's a very good podcast. Got to leave a review for that. Another uh, travel agent friend of mine, John, does Travel Tips Tuesday. Now, these guys are on different uh, different travel agencies, so... By sending you over there, I do run the risk of you deciding, hey, I like these guys. I think I'll book a Disney trip with them. I'd love you to book one with me, but hey, you know what? There's enough Disney for everybody, so you know, you do what you need to do. I would love to talk to you about your Disney trip, MagicHundredDollar.com, Shameless plug, but I want you to be comfortable with whoever you decide to go with, and those guys are fantastic. And there's other Disney podcasts out there as well I listen to, but don't be afraid to go to iTunes and leave a review. Leave five stars if you can. That's how the show is recognized. So before we get the news, I do want to mention one thing. there are a lot of rumors out there in terms of Disney, and you can go on Twitter especially, but also online and find all kinds of rumors of of people predicting things and people telling you what's coming and hey, this is happening. And if you go to the you know, you go down to the actual clicking on the article itself at the very bottom it'll say something like, well, Disney hasn't really confirmed this, but we think it's going to happen. Can I just tell you, be very careful what you believe unless Disney says it. It's not official, and even if they say, "Yeah, we're probably going to do this," unless they do it, until they do it, it's not official. Because what I've seen online in the last you know couple of weeks or so, can I just tell you that the land and sea pavilion at at Epcot is not going away. They might decide in twenty twenty five or twenty twenty seven to make it make a change, but that's also six or seven years from now, and who knows what could happen by then? Okay. It's not going away, so don't worry about it Uh, until Disney announces new pavilions at Epcot, until Disney announces that that attractions are going to go away or new things are coming in or whatever. Until they know for sure, we don't know. Now, it's fun to talk about. It is fun to speculate. It's fun to kind of say, hey, what happens if this happens? And, And what if that happens? That's awesome. But until Disney says, yep, this is what we're doing don't take it as gospel. Just a little warning there for you. I want to make sure you don't get online and just freak out about something. Oh my gosh, they're going to level Space Mountain and turn it into a, a PJ Masks coaster. But first of all, my kid would love that. But secondly, that's probably not going to happen. I do feel like that there are some, um, there are some rumors out there that are they're just thrown up against the wall and hopefully they stick. And if you get it right, then you can say, hey, rock on, I'm right. But you know there's a lot of the wrong stuff out there. So anyway, just going to give you a caution when you when you're online, when you look at Disney stuff. I mean, that's great. Look at Disney news, things like that. I would love to I give you all the Disney news I can find. I try to make sure it's confirmed or I will tell you, "Hey, it's a rumor. Don't think things is gospel until Disney says so." Just an FYI, a little public service announcement for you there. Hey, let's get to some news. Well, howdy, folks. Let's gather around. Here's some Disney news from around these parts and around the world. Just a couple of random news items here for you. The Minnie's Wonderful Christmas Time Fireworks is going to replace holiday wishes during the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, uh, the After Hours Hard Ticket event that starts on November 8th this year. 2019, of course, has, you know, we're gonna see the, uh, uh, we're gonna see the Christmas party coming back like always, and it's select date. It's November 8th, 11th, 12th, 14th, 15th, 17th, 19th, 21st, 22, and 24. Then Thanksgiving week, it's uh, there's no party. Picks back up on December 1st, 3rd, 5th, 6th, 8th. 12, 10, 13, 15, 17, 19, 20, and 22. And yes, I did reverse 10 and 12 accidentally as I shot through those dates there. But there's going to be a new fireworks show. It's a medley of beloved holiday songs from Joy to the World to Deck the Halls. Uh, we Wish You a Merry Christmas. We'll all be on there. It's according to Disney's press release. Of course, you're going to get also free holiday cookies and snacks at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, which it's always kind of, I love the Christmas party. I do. I love the Christmas party because I'm a Christmas guy. I like the Halloween party too, but I'm a big Christmas fan. So the Christmas party for me is just fantastic. And it's, is it worth it? It's its like 100 bucks, 120 bucks per person. So, you know, you got a family of four, family of five. It's one of those things you have to decide, do I want to spend the money on this? If you've got the fundage to go, then i definitely tell you it's worth it. I think I've talked about this before. Uh, but if you, if you can afford it, it's worth it. It really is worth it at least once. So I love the Christmas party and I'm excited it's coming back. Excited! It's coming back this year, and I'm I'm excited about seeing this. I would say early November, uh, they give you free cookies and free hot cocoa a lot of times. Uh, but I've been in early November to a Christmas party when it was like 69 degrees outside or 74 degrees at you know nine o'clock at night, and it's like, hey, Merry Christmas! And I'm sweating and whatever. And you want to wear, uh, or my wife will wear these uh, really cute uh, like Christmas outfits for for Disney, like Christmas Mickey shirts and stuff like that. But they're long sleeves. Sometimes they're thicker because they're meant to be worn in cooler weather. And, you know, she's dying at like 9 or 10 o'clock because she's sweating so much because she wanted to wear the cute Christmas outfit. And guess what? It's still summertime out because it's Central Florida. Anyway, Christmas party is coming with a new uh, fireworks show, which is going to be pretty exciting. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Alani 2020 packages are out. Alani over in Hawaii, this beautiful resort uh, located there in Hawaii. I would love to send you there. The packages for the whole entire year are open. Uh, June 18th of this year, actually in just a couple of weeks, we can book 2020 Disney World packages. That's when the prices release for 2020. Right now we can't do anything 2020. You can book a room only through much of the year, but you can't do a package. You can't order tickets and dining and all that good stuff. And and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that next week about why that's probably important to go ahead and consider booking now. Now, on June 18th and beyond for your 2020 package, even if you're going to go later. It is important to remember, though, that you have to look at the 499-day rule. Hotel standards dictate, and this is not a Disney thing, this is a hotel thing uh, nationwide, you cannot book more than 499 days out. So even though 2020 does come out on June 18th, we can only book through October 29th, 2020. And on June 19th, we can book October 30th. On June 20th, we can book October 31st, and so on and so on and so forth, all the way to the end of the year. We actually cannot book through December 31st until August 20th, uh, 2019. So for people who want to book Christmas time 2020, that's great. We can't do anything until August. Just be patient. Be patient. It's coming, I promise. But uh, yeah, the packages are coming out pretty soon, which is going to be pretty exciting because I have a lot of people in my little circle here that are ready to book and they're ready to go. So there's some news there for you. So let's turn our attention to live-action Aladdin. Aladdin came out about two weeks ago and already doing very well at theaters. It's the third most money-making movie of the year, currently sitting at $198 million, set across the $200 million mark probably by tomorrow or the next day. Uh, Of course, Disney is just dominating. They own number one, Avengers, $817 million, Uh, domestically. Captain Marvel at number two with 426. Aladdin, of course, 198. Uh, Looking on down, Dumbo's at number nine. Um, And then on down, you got a few more movies there. But uh, dominating the top ten, Disney controlling one, two, three and nine uh, in the top ten. For the money-making ventures of 2019, they are just a movie-making monster. Uh, Aladdin is this live-action film that, when it was announced, of course, people are wondering why in the world do we have to have another Aladdin. Uh, Of course, we've already got The Lion King coming up. We've got Mulan coming up. We've got Maleficent 2 coming up. And there is some criticism there that I... Do kind of agree with why we're shoving all of these out at one time. Cinderella came out a few years ago, and then of course we had Beauty and the Beast, and now we've got three in one year, four actually, if you count Dumbo. And so they're all just coming out so quickly. Winnie the Pooh came out last year, and, and thus far we've actually had some pretty good films. I like Beauty and the Beast. I've only seen it once. I probably will never watch it again. It's just not my favorite. I like Winnie the Pooh. Um, Dumbo was pretty good. I'm looking forward to to, a, uh, to The Lion King. I, I actually like Angelina Jolie as Maleficent. She's not one of my favorite actresses, but I do like her in that role, and I'm looking forward to watching her in Maleficent 2. And, of course, Mulan comes out next year, and I think we have Little Mermaid on the horizon as well. So Aladdin coming out, the, the big thing was Genie. Will Smith, cast as the genie, and and I've always been a Will Smith fan. Uh, The majority of his movies I I enjoy. I think there are a few outlying movies that I didn't really care for, but overall, I I like him in movies. I like seeing him on the screen. And so I I had no problem with him being cast as genie because the poor guy is taking on a a, a thankless task. Robin Williams gave, perhaps, as the genie in the original 1992 Aladdin, probably one of the greatest vocal performances of all time in any movie. He is incredible. If you go back and watch that movie, it holds up. Even though some of the jokes are very dated... Overall, it is an incredible performance. The frantic uh, mannerisms think he has, what he does with that, what he just all over the place. And if you go to YouTube, you can actually see videos of him doing the recordings, like in front of a microphone, and it's incredible just watching him work. He is such a master. So here comes Will Smith, and automatically people are going nuts. They're just like, oh, there they try to cast Will Smith. Anybody could have been cast in that role, and they would have gotten the exact same treatment. So thankfully, Will Smith was good enough to be able to take on that role. And personally, I thought he did really, really well. I thought he took on that role and he just he knocked it out of the park. Was it perfect? No. Was it Robin Williams? Of course not. And it will never be Robin Williams. So anybody going in there expecting Will Smith to, to duplicate or replicate or top Robin Williams, you're going in with the wrong mindset. Just understand that as you go into this movie. He doesn't try to beat Robin Williams either, which is also good. He tries to make the genie his own. They do some of the same songs, you know. They do the the Prince Ali song. They have the opening song as well, which is a little which is a little different. It's it's more expanded. The Arabian Nights tune. Uh, you've also got, of course, Friend Like Me is the big set piece there, and and he sings it differently. And I'll be honest with you, I'm so used to Will Smith rapping. I don't even know that I've ever actually heard him sing. And he's got a good voice. It's not great. It's not like he's Bruno Mars or anything, but it's it's a pretty good voice. So, you know, I, I enjoyed that. Um, you've got a couple of unknowns, and I say unknowns. These are, Like, I didn't see them or haven't seen them in a lot of stuff. Uh, Naomi Scott is Jasmine, and she was in the Power Rangers. She was in... Um, she was in, I'm um, looking on IMDb, she was in a bunch of movies that I've never heard of. She's also going to be cast, uh, she has been cast in the upcoming Charlie's Angels reboot as well with Elizabeth Banks, so she'll be a part of that. Uh, she is Jasmine. Uh, you've got a guy named Mina Masood, who is Aladdin. And he was in, uh, he's been in Jack Ryan, he's been, uh, which is the the show on Amazon. Uh, he's been in other a bunch of other things, and I'm looking at IMDb and just, I don't know some of the stuff he's been in, so basically he's kind of unknown. Jafar was played by a guy named uh, Marwan Kazari, and he's been in... Ben-Hur, the remake a couple of years ago, he was also Pierre in Murder on the Orient Express, so he's got a few more things to his credit. So really, these are, besides Will Smith, mostly a lot of unknowns, and a lot of people that we don't know a lot about. Now, you might recognize the voice of Viago, that of course is Alan Tudyk, who has been in a lot of Disney stuff, everything from voicing King Candy, uh, to the K2 what's-his-name robot in Rogue One, to uh, to uh, just a bunch of other things. He's done a lot of stuff uh, with Disney. I expect him to be named a Disney legend sometime in the next couple of years, but he does the voice of Viago, so you may recognize his voice. Otherwise, you got Will Smith and you got a bunch of unknowns or people that you don't know a lot about. People that have done a lot of movies, just not a lot of American stuff that you might be familiar with. Anyway, back to the movie. Um, The movie is really well done. It's a well-told story. You recognize the story. Uh, They take a few little liberties with the original film itself. I say original from 92. I mean, the story of Aladdin has been going on for centuries now, I guess. But um, I thought the movie was great. I really, really did. Uh, I like Jasmine. First of all, she is the... the, I think she's the best looking. She's the most gorgeous of the... The princesses so far, the live-action princesses, she is just this vision. She is gorgeous. Naomi Scott is beautiful. Um, But I liked her character, too, because I liked how strong-willed she was. She wasn't just this, I know in the original Aladdin, you know, Jasmine says, I'm not a prize to be won. Well, she takes that sentiment and goes even further with it. She wants to run the country. I mean, she wants to take over her her father, so she's battling this this hierarchy of rules that you can't take over, uh, you know, because you're a woman. You're not allowed to. You've got to marry somebody. And she's fighting back on that the whole time, which I love that about her character. Now, there is a Towards the end, that it's kind of like women empowerment. I didn't really care for the song. I felt like it was shoved in there and I felt like it was to prove a point of who she is. And I thought the song was unnecessary. She's great in it. The song is beautiful. It's a great song. I just kind of felt it was out of place and it was kind of overkill for her character. Having said that, the movie itself was great. It really, really was fun. Don't go into this movie expecting a recast of of Aladdin. Don't go in there thinking, well, I'm going to like this more than I'm going to like Aladdin, and then walk out disappointed. You may not. Aladdin from 92 is a beloved, beloved animated classic, and it always will be. This is a movie here that may or may not be a classic. It might be forgotten in a couple of years. I really liked it. I really thought it was a lot of fun. It's good for the kids. The kids are okay watching it. There's no no language in it. There's really no violence in it. I mean, there are some people, people that... "Quote unquote," die. I mean, you obviously see their deaths based on what's going on around you, but there's no graphic violence or anything, and it's it's pretty close to the story itself. You know, I like the animated classic more, but I thought this was really good, and I thought Will Smith did a great job. I really did. I thought he did a great job with the task he was given. Again, he'll never be Robin Williams, but I didn't expect him to be Robin Williams. I liked it. I hope you guys go see it. I hope you guys yeah, really enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Magic on a dollar podcast at gmail.com. That's where you can email me your thoughts on the show itself. So there you go. Alrighty folks. Now that we got Aladdin out of the way, let's turn our attention back to Star Wars. Now this is the part of the show that if you're not a Star Wars fan or you're tired of Star Wars, just hear me on for the next minute or so and then you can kind of fast forward to the end of the show. Um, what I wanted to do, because Galaxy's Edge stuff is everywhere. You can find video of it. I have not been. I won't be able to go until September. And so I didn't feel right just taking a whole lot of content from other people and shoving it on here saying, hey, look at this video, look at that video. I, I don't have personal pictures from it and I didn't reach out to other people to say, hey, let me borrow your pictures. Uh, so... What I wanted to do, basically, was I, I swiped the, the presentation from Bob Iger. Um, not directly from Bob Iger. It's on DisneyParksBlog.com. You can go there, actually, and see uh, see the whole 45-minute presentation opening ceremony. There's about a 20-minute piece where Bob Iger comes out and does a, a dedication for the grand opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge from Disneyland. And uh, he brings on a few special guests, including the man himself, George Lucas. Uh, Billy Dee Williams comes out, who is Lando Calrissian. And uh, Mark Hamill comes out, who, of course, is Luke Skywalker. And one more special guest that I think surprised everybody. I actually was not surprised by it. I was like, I wonder if that person's going to be there. And there he was. It did make me a little nostalgic, though, because I felt like Carrie Fisher would have been there were she not gone. And Peter Mayhew, who, of course, was uh, was Chewbacca. I felt like he would have been there as well if, again, he had not passed a few weeks ago. Uh, so much love to Carrie and to Peter had some special guests on stage, and I just thought it would be kind of fun to give you this little 20-minute clip from his whole presentation as well, Uh, basically started the whole thing, and at the end of it, he says, Galaxy's Edge is now open. So if you want to fast-forward to the end of the show, you can go about 20 minutes or so, and I'll just wrap the show up Uh, if you're not a big Star Wars fan. And if you are a big Star Wars fan, then please listen up, and again, you can see the whole video itself on Disney Parks' blog, otherwise you can listen to a little bit of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the opening ceremony.
2: And now, Inside Disney Parks and AT&T are proud to present an uninterrupted live stream of the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge dedication ceremony.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome chairman and chief executive officer of the Walt Disney Company, Bob Iger. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much.
4: All right, I have a long speech that's on a prompter, but I have to start by saying, isn't this fantastic? Fantastic. I have been in this job for 14 years, and you can imagine in this job, you have a lot of really good days and a lot of really good nights. This is right up there with the best of them. So thank you. Welcome. Okay. In the spring of 1977, a bright young filmmaker released his newest creation, And it was a unique mix of science fiction, romantic fantasy, and grand adventure. A truly extraordinary film and an epic cultural event that captured the imagination of generations of moviegoers changed the industry forever. So many of us remember seeing Star Wars for the first time. So exciting, so daring, just so great. And George Lucas is the person that we have to thank for bringing us its rich and textured worlds and one of the greatest mythologies of our time. Save it! (laughs) I like enthusiasm. For more than four decades, Star Wars has transported us to galaxies far, far away, to grand and exotic places, and into complex, colorful, intricately interwoven stories. Now, I'm sure some of you fantasized about traveling in hyperspace to be among the most diverse set of characters imaginable, the dark side and the light side, bounty hunters, space pirates, rebel spies, and all sorts of alien misfits in all shapes and sizes. Now, personally, I always wanted to sidle up to the bar of the cantina. (laughs) Wouldn't you like to do that? Although, nothing would have excited me more than to climb in a cockpit and pilot the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy, the Millennium Falcon. (laughs) And now, with the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, we can do all of that and so much more. Star Wars first came to Disney when our Imagineers and George Lucas joined forces to create the groundbreaking Star Tours attraction more than 30 years ago. Star Tours fans. And in 2012, George entrusted us with his extraordinary legacy. And as you can see, we take that responsibility very seriously. (laughs) Now, I speak for everyone at Disney when I express deep gratitude to George for giving us that opportunity. And when I first met with our Imagineers to talk about Star Wars, my message was actually quite simple. Do not be ambitious. Be the most ambitious that you have ever been. After all, we are building on the legacy of two extraordinary visionaries, Walt Disney and George Lucas. And both of those men embodied quality, innovation, and bold creativity. Both knew how to surprise people, actually both knew, had to blow their minds with experiences unlike any that they had had before. And we knew that we had to walk in their footsteps and get this right for all who come to this happy place, particularly for those wonderful and passionate Star Wars fans. Sensing there are a few of you in the audience tonight. As I stand here tonight before all of you, knowing that we built something special, because I do, something unique and something very Star Wars in its scale, technical sophistication and its artistry, and we are thrilled to finally share it with the world. So I want to congratulate and thank Bob Chapek, our chairman of Disney Parks and Resorts. The president of Walt Disney Imagineering, Bob Weiss. Scott Trowbridge and Robin Reardon, the project lead, and our incredible and our incredible Imagineers, along with a phenomenal team at Lucasfilm, there for Lucasfilm, the Disneyland cast, come on, and the thousands of dedicated men and women who have given their time and talent to create this spectacular land. As you can see, Galaxy's Edge is absolutely amazing. And tonight, I am honored to have the man who started it all here with us tonight for this historic occasion. Ladies and gentlemen, George Lucas.
2: Thank you, Bob. Uh, I'll first say you did a great job.
4: Thank you very much.
2: Coming from you, that means a lot. Well, it could have gone very bad, <laughs> but it didn't. It's much. It's Star Tours on steroids, at a level you can't possibly believe. And uh, I'd also like to thank all the Imagineers who and others here that made this thing possible because it's. It's the first time that... Because I worked with the Imagineers a long time ago, and we did... You know, everything was like it was in the olden days where it was very hard to do anything. So now the technology is here. This thing is amazing. It's really something that you couldn't even dream about 20 years ago. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, It was a great experience for me, and uh, I think that we'll... uh, uh, you'll change your life. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks,
1: George.
4: Thank you. George George is a little awestruck because we, we, we piloted the Millennium Falcon earlier. I, I will I I'll admit that we did that. You'll get your chance. Anyway, thanks, George. And now I'd like to introduce a man who won our hearts as the charming rogue Lando Calrissian, Billy D. Williams.
1: See, that was my daughter who just came up with me. But thank you. I, 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 <laughs> I, I'm so really happy to be here. It's been almost 40 years since the, the last time I played Lando. Uh, you know, people keep asking me, uh, how did I find Lando again? Well, Lando never left me. Yeah. <laughs> And being involved with the Wars has been incredibly rewarding to me. And certainly working with and being hired by this wonderful man was uh, a very special part of my life. And thank you so much. And happy birthday. As you probably know, I was the original owner of the Millennium Falls. <laughs> yeah. <Give> it up. <laughs> It's amazing It's amazing to see her looking so good today. <laughs> and I'm so excited for you. You're going to get the pilot to do Pilot the Falcon 2 and experience your own adventures. You're going to love it just as much as I've loved it being a part of this fantastic franchise. To all the fans out there, thank you. This land is for you. Thank you. Thanks, Billy Dee.
4: Thank you. Now, I would like to bring out someone who is near and dear to the hearts of Star Wars fans everywhere and whose heroic journey captivated us for over four decades. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Luke Skywalker himself. Mark Hamill.
0: Wow. Thank you. I have to tell you, the last time I was in a Disney park with George Lucas was for the opening, many moons ago, of Star Tours. And I thought to myself, this is inconceivable that I could be part of a movie that would get its own ride in a Disney theme park? I mean, I better savor the moment, because it'll never be surpassed. And yet, look at where we are today. We get our own land. you know star wars to me has always been the gift that keeps on giving and the reason is because of you your parents tell you not to st- speak to strangers and everywhere i go people treat me like they're like I'm family and the stories they tell me their are personal stories of seeing star wars or or reading the books or playing the games or watching the animated series whatever it is they're so personal and so heartfelt. It got me through troubled times. You know, I was going through a terrible breakup. My, my mother was sick. I met my spouse online. The stories... <laughs> the stories they tell me are so heartfelt, and I can't tell you how grateful I am to have been a part of it, uh, to be associated with a character, that represents optimism and hope. And so I'd like to take this opportunity to thank Walt Disney and especially George Lucas for teaching the world a new way to dream. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.
4: Well, tonight is our first opportunity to join the inhabitants of the planet Batu and live the adventure. So, welcome. This this is just a little embarrassing. Is there somebody
0: who knows how to fix this thing? Hey, no. No worries, no worries. You don't forget. This is the ship that made the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs. All right. That's right.
1: She may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts.
4: and gentlemen Harrison Ford <laughs> alright All right. can you uh, help us out with this thing well, I'll give
1: it a try Bob
2: <laughs> Peter
1: this one's for you
4: gentlemen, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is now open.
3: There you go. There is the opening ceremony bit from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and I'm hearing that the Galaxy's Edge over at Disneyland is incredible. I'm hearing it's wonderfully immersive, that it's so detailed, that it's so great. Now, there are kinks. I have been reading about a few kinks here and there. I think Oga's Cantina has already changed the way that they take orders because of demand, because of things going wrong. So they've already fixed that, but anytime you open up a land like that, you're going to have kinks, and they're working them out as best they can. I haven't really heard anybody say they just hate it. There are a few people that are just, well, it's okay. It's underwhelming. The most the most uh, responses I'm hearing, though, are from people just blown away by how incredible it is. Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run... I'm hearing is incredible as well. Again, you have your detractors, and that's okay. You have people who just aren't pleased by it, and that's absolutely fine. Maybe they were expecting something else, but overall, I'm hearing the land is just incredible. So I will get to see that out in September, and I will report back to you guys uh, whenever I get to and how awesome it actually is. So that's the show again. My name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us on the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Uh, well, next Thursday, next Thursday's episode, my good friend Jennifer Kaufman is coming on. We're going to do Animal Kingdom's The Good the bad, and the magical. She'll be coming on. We'll be talking all about Animal Kingdom, and I will also talk a little bit about the pricing that's coming out on on June 18th. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Go to MagicOnTheDollar.com, however. You actually see an article I wrote about the pricing. You can kind of see what's going on there. A few questions people are asking about military and about uh, discounts and things like that. That's all on on MagicOnTheDollar.com. Anyway, my name is Dave. Thank you so much for joining us once again, and don't forget to thank a Phoenician.
2: Thanks for listening continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at magic on a dollar, Facebook at Disney on a dollar, and of course, magic on a Dollar.com. See you real soon.